So last week, I believe we completed the 14th chapter of Luke, and we'll pick back up in the 15th, if I'm correct. So a couple things from the 14th chapter, it was a lot of good things in there. Verse 11 says, Whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and him that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So we learn not to puff ourselves up in front of people, that when we do that, we're soon embarrassed, as everybody that is human can be humbled, especially by the Lord, especially when we start thinking that we're something that we're not. That was a good teaching. Another one was that we should help people who cannot repay that favor. Chapter 14, verse 14 says, Thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense you, for thou shalt be recompensed at resurrection of the just. So here Christ is promising reward and payment for good works here on earth at the time of the uh, resurrection and also at, at the time of our, our own each personal judgment. And that is worth more than silver and gold in this life. It's something that we should keep in mind that goes back to the, the what will be the word? The high priority that the Lord places on paying everyone a correct wage and the law it's always said that you have to pay a correct wage and weigh everything with a fair and just balance those are repeated over and over again in the law of the lord and here he promises that he will repay us and also he will repay the wicked everybody gets what they deserve Continuing on to verse 26 of chapter 14, it says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and his sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. This one causes a lot of confusion because of the way the word is translated hate here. It should be love less, so we should love less the things of this life, because they are all the gifts of God. We cannot make babies. It's only our bodies that drive us into that lust. But it is the Lord that actually quickens the seed and brings forth the child with its own individual soul. Much as when we plant a seed in the ground, we have no control over whether or not it sprouts. All things are from the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. If we do not love him more than our own life and be willing to pick up our own cross and even sacrifice our life as a witness to him, then it says we cannot be his disciples. So that is something we must meditate on prior to the fact. So that brings us up to chapter 15, verse 1, uh, and it reads, Then drew near him all the publicans and sinners, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. The Pharisees are the religious class and the scribes, so these are high class people. 
especially in the religious sense, but also in the governmental sense. These are uh, the highest people of the land. And they're like, why is uh, this uh, noble teacher, why is he sitting down with the dregs of society, the sinners and the publicans? Um, Jesus speaking, verse 3. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doeth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he has found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say it to you likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than ninety-nine just persons that need no repentance. Now this is said kind of tongue-in-cheek. Here we have the uh, the parable of the lost sheep and God rejoices when one who has been off sinning and carrying on in the ways of the world comes back into the fold and repents of the evil that they were doing and they come and they bow themselves before the Lord and put on his yoke and do his will. So it says even the angels in heaven rejoice. There's many deep levels to this. It lets us know that our actions here are known to those beings which exist in the other realm the spiritual realm or the other dimension uh we can be seen by them i think many times that this uh if you are a being that has eternal life and uh, this may be entertaining to you in some fashion if you understand what i'm saying that getting having eternal life we don't really know what goes on in that realm the day-to-day -day activities but it's interesting to see something new sometimes, but always in a good way for those who follow the Lord in that realm. There are evil and demonic spirits in that realm, those angels which followed Satan, so they would not rejoice, but the, the good angels, they do rejoice at a sinner coming to repentance. Also, this is very true. In my own life, uh, I lost one of my cats. My cat went disappeared, and I still have many cats left, but I was worried about the cat that was gone, and it affected me for a few days until the cat showed back up, and I was happy. Yeah. So, He's got four more babies. Any more kittens? I do, too. So. He came up about three days later. He's one that the other ones oh. run off into the woods and fight with, and... Uh, I, I wasn't home for a day or so, and when I came back, he was gone, and I noticed he was gone, and he didn't go. I, I thought something finally got him, but he come showing back up. <laughs> so I was happy with that, and I remembered this parable. Yeah, it does. It, it is uh, uh, true, but this also shows the accuracy of the teachings of Christ and his understanding of of human emotion. We remember that this was written 2,000 years ago and it still holds true today. There's nothing new under the sun, especially when it comes to 
the way we feel. Starting again in verse 7. I say it to you likewise. Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. Now this is said sort of tongue in cheek because we remember that there is no one in the flesh who is perfect before God only through repentance and accepting the blood of Christ are we wiped clean. But most of the time when we think we are just here, we're just exalting ourselves, like I said earlier, or Christ said, don't exalt yourself, but humble yourself. Everyone needs repentance, not just the one sinner who was gone away, but as we all know, some stray further from the fold than others. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that (coughs) repenteth. And so it is. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. So um, the boy knew he was going to get some inheritance and he asked his father for it before his father's death and his father gave to him. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his sub- substance with riotous living. So he got his inheritance and he went off and had a good time. We've all known <laughs> people that have run into their inheritance or a lump sum. And they've had quite a time for, for it. And then again, we see there's nothing new under the sun. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to want. And here again is a, a deeper teaching. We should lay up for in the times of plenty for the times of famine because we know that famine will come. Though the Lord has said that he will provide for those who who trust in him. He's also gave us a, a mind to know that good times lead to bad times. One follows the other. Verse 15. And when he joined himself to a citizen of that country, he sent him also into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man did give to him. So this guy spent all his money that his dad gave him. He was in a far country. And a famine came, and he was starving, so he went to work for a guy that sent him out into the field to feed swine. Now, uh, in Egyptian society, um, probably a thousand years or so before this was written, that the people who kept swine were like a, uh, a untouchable class. It's kind of like executioners and People that touched the dead or lepers, they were kept 
away from uh, the rest of society as unclean. So anybody touching swine, this was like one of the lowest jobs you could have. And it was the same in the Israelite place because they were forbidden to eat swine. Swine is a, even to this day, is an unclean animal. The health laws of God have not changed. Um, you may notice when you eat pork that your blood pressure increases uh, your swelling increases. Uh, people with arthritis after they eat pork, the arthritis flares up more so. So the health laws are not moral sins, but they are bodily sins. And if you eat the things that the Lord did not make for eating, then you will not be as healthy as you could be. Many Christian teachings say that there are no more food laws there are definitely food laws it is not a moral sin but it is a bodily sin and uh, those sins work their way itself out one way or another um but in that time the israelites uh would not they're more much more of a stickler on it than we would be today anybody touching swine would be unclean or hogs another word for them and said that this man was so hungry he would have ate what the swine ate. Now, I don't know if any of y'all have ever slopped hogs, but your granny and them, anything that y'all ate, all the cornbread and the uh, beans and everything was thrown together on a board or whatever, and you got sent out there to slop the hogs. And it was pretty disgusting stuff, but the hogs would eat it. And this guy was uh, hurting so bad that he would have ate whatever the hogs was eating. Huh? Yes, that is bad business. <laughs> uh, uh, you may found yourself in a, a pretty bad spot, as we have seen a lot of these people who got their inheritance and wasted it, or a lump sum of money. They generally ended up in a worse state than they were before they got their money. Verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? So he's thinking to himself that these men working for his dad, and they're doing a lot better than him, and he could go back and just uh, pretty much work for his dad as a servant, and he'd be doing better than he was. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Now in this parable, the father is the Lord God. And the this is called the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son is a sinner much like the lost sheep. So the father, when we read this, we see it as also as God the Father. We rose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet 
and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. So they've been fattening up a calf for a celebration and they decided to go ahead and kill it when the, the prodigal son came home. Verse 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. And they began to be merry. So as we see here, there is great rejoicing with God and with the angels and all the host of heaven when a sinner repents from his wicked ways and comes back into the fold. We saw then that his father did not put him with the servants, but he brought forth the best robe and he killed the fatted calf. So the Lord will forgive us of our sins, no matter what they may be at this time. If we just ask for forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ and on the blood that he shed on the cross for us. Now here comes a deeper lesson for those who have been in the fold their whole life. It goes back also to the parable of the laborers. When the laborers, some of them started earlier in the morning and agreed to work for a penny. And then some came in at 12 and they... The, the good, the master of the vineyard agreed to pay him what was fair. Then some came in at three o'clock and then some came in in the last hour of the day. And at the end of the day, all, all of them were given a penny and some of the ones that started at the very first, they were mad and went to the, the good man of the house and it acted like he'd cheated them, but he hadn't. He'd give them what he'd agreed to pay and what they had accepted. So, the wage is all the same, though we may wear different robes in heaven. Yes. I've agreed to work for a certain wage. My wage is eternal life on on the base pay. There may be bonuses. You understand what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Uh, the base pay is uh, the same. I've agreed to it to work and do this for a penny. And if I'm paid that penny, then I there's no wrong in that. Any man who has substance can pay out of that substance whatever he wants. So far as it says that the robes that people wear in heaven are their righteous acts. So getting into heaven, that's the, the baseline. And you can make it into heaven and be naked, so to speak, in that, uh, in that sense. We don't know exactly what that means, but there are different, definitely different levels yeah. of uh, being exalted or, or whatnot. Me, you pass me in the hall and I'm sweeping the floor in heaven, you're patting on the back though. Uh, but, but don't, uh, don't. <laughs> you made it. You don't. might be sweeping floors, but you're still here, Pimp. <laughs> right. But uh, don't cut yourself short because every, there's also the teaching of the many-membered body. It's like, 
many member body the is the hand greater than the foot or the eye greater than the ear they they have different purposes you understand uh, if you were missing your foot you probably you know things wouldn't work quite as well or if you're missing your liver they they all are everything's her purpose uh, me being down here is a direct uh, result of you so I mean I wouldn't even be doing this if you know you had, if you guys hadn't invited me uh, throughout y'all's lives everybody huh yeah so I mean everybody has different jobs and um, so the wage is fair I, I trust in the Lord to eat yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand how that how the people would be upset. I work way more than than what he worked. What, but at his heart, in the morning we agreed to work for a penny. That was yeah. a fair wage, regardless of what everybody else comes in and does. I agreed to work for that, and that is a honorable, just agreement. We shook on it, and then at the same time, the master has all this substance. And he can give it out to whoever the heck he wants to. And he can give it out at whatever rate that he wants to. And he wanted to give it out to them at that rate. It is his prerogative to do with his goods as he sees fit. He did me no wrong. I did what I said. And if he wants to give them that, then that's his business. Um, Going back. Good question, though. I hope I... Okay. Uh, we're back in verse 25 after the prodigal son returned and they're having a big party. Verse 25. And this will go on to answer part of your question as well. So much more so than I could. Now his elder son was in the field and he came and drew nigh to the house and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry. This is the, the elder son who had stayed. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. And he answered and said unto his father, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. Yet thou never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which devoured thy living with harlots, who spent all, spent all his money on whores. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it meant. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> so as we see nothing new under the sun this happens even to this day and the, the one son was mad about it he says you he's devoured your living with harlots and thou has killed him a fatted calf and this is the, the father speaking verse 31 and he said unto him son thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we make merry and be glad, for thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost 
and is found. So there we have the promise of the Lord that those who have served him continually and faithfully, he knows it. He knows in his wisdom that uh, always we've been with him. And uh, he says, all that I have is thine. So at this man's death, all the substance of his his life would pass to his eldest son, uh, with perhaps a uh, a remittance to his younger son. But all that I have is thine, for thou art ever with me. That is his promise, and he does always faithfully keep his promises. Always, uh, especially like that verse. But he also shows great gladness that his other son, who was lost, is back again. I think we'll stop with the reading part there tonight. I don't want to go into this next part. It's more complicated and I, I need more time on it. Uh, we'll look at what's been going on in the world lately. We're, 